0: Hello and welcome to the Golfing Greenkeeper podcast. I'm your host Steve Smith and today it is Thursday and you know what Thursday means? It means this is a ripper of a new episode including Australian turf analysis, Keeper of the Greens. This is episode number 39. Now, just before we get stuck into Keeper of the Greens, I want to just bring your attention to the partners of the podcast. Keeper of the Greens is brought to you by Australian Turf Analysis. And as a greenkeeper, as a golf course superintendent, I know that when it comes to agronomy, our industry has always been using tools at the forefront of science and technology. And the latest in that technology comes to you from Australian Turf Analysis and their multi-spectral lens drone. Now, I will say this. I'm just going to jump this in the middle. I was just down and I went and saw Australian Turf Analysis and John Legge getting out to Camden Golf Club in Sydney Southwest. And I got to see in detail how they do one of these surveys. And it is really sensational stuff. There were golfers out on golf course playing and enjoying the day. It was a wonderful day. Superintendent Justin and his team were out there doing all their work as usual. And yet here we are, John's out there from Australian Turf Analysis just doing a survey. Didn't bother anyone, just got on with the job. It's So quick and so easy. So to go and see it happening was really, really insightful and just so good to see how pinpoint accurate this stuff is. It really is on the cutting edge of technology. Now, with a drone flight over your course, Australian Turf Analysis can show you what is happening all before it's visible to the trained eye of a greenkeeper. The multispectral lens along with intelligent software measures turf stress and correlates the data for you in a very easy-to-read graphic map, along with a few other formats that are available. Now, you might think that some of the later scientific tools like this are a bit pricey, but I can assure you that once you get a quote to survey your course, you'll be searching for reasons why you shouldn't use this technology to help maintain your golf course. It really is that affordable and that's why you need to go and get in touch with John so he can show you just what it is and how easy it is to access this sort of technology. John Legge at Australian Turf Analysis is your certified and fully insured drone pilot to make sure all those paperwork bases are covered so you don't have to worry no matter where you are in Australia. Now for the good part guys, for any new first-time customers, of australian turf analysis yes they are offering a 10 percent discount on your first service if you mention the golfing greenkeeper podcast so head on over to www.australianturfanalysis.com to get in touch with john for a quote for your golf course and i promise you you will not be disappointed it really is that affordable and it really is that helpful to help you as a greenkeeper and as a superintendent to do your job better and maintain your course better so get over there now and get in touch with john Ladies and gentlemen, we make our way headfirst into the year 2022 where I get to bring you this is the first episode, the first segment of Keeper of the Greens for the year 2022 and I'm really excited by who I have on the end of the line and I'm not going to I'm not going to talk too much and make it too long. I'm just going to get straight into it. And welcome to the Golfing Greenkeeper podcast. For Keeper of the Greens, welcome to Superintendent Logan Booby from Parks Golf Club in the Central Western New South Wales. G'day, Logan.
1: Okay, hey, Steve. Thanks for having us on the podcast, mate.
0: Mate, I'm so glad you wanted to come on and, and be part of the podcast. I'm really excited about this because, as you know, and I'm sure anyone who's listening knows, I have a a, yeah, a good background with the Central West of New South Wales, and I'm a big fan of the area. Lots of great golf to be had out in that part of the world. and And for me, this is a little bit interesting because we're going to talk about your background and we're going to talk a lot about parks as well and I think this is going to surprise a few people and this is one of the stories that I'm really excited to bring to you. It's uh, it's quite different. So everyone listening, I hope you're going to enjoy this one. Logan, mate, thanks again for coming on and we're just going to jump straight into Steve's Super 7 questions. You ready to roll? Yeah, mate. No worries. Let's go. Oh, all right. Let's go. Let's go. Sunrise or sunset? Uh, sunrise, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Now, course appearance questions. Now, I'm with your background and people are going to learn this out in a minute, but I already know a little bit. We're going to start off and we'll go course appearance: stripes or no stripes on fairways, and your background might have a bit of a bearing <laughs> on
1: this. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, stripes. I reckon. Like I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, you know, if you're not striping them up, if you have nice, clean fairways, but just find striping up fairways when there's a few blemishes to distract the eye a bit, so. Yes, and that
0: is what they are good for sometimes. Very, very well said because I used to do similar things when there's a few things out there you weren't quite sure and if you striped them, it would certainly take your eye away from some of those things if that's that's what you're looking to do as well. So, mate, good answer. Now, lean or lush? Uh, Lush, mate, yeah. Got to love it. As a greenkeeper, it is a very common answer. We do get it. Now, favourite green surface. I'm curious about this one myself.
1: Bent grass. Cooch grass, or something else, and you have to name it if it is? Uh, no, definitely be bent, bent grass, mate. So all I've really dealt with, so uh, okay. mate, you can't get go past it, really. It's, it's a beautiful surface,
0: mate. It is. Number five, where would you prefer or where do you prefer to maintain a golf course, cool climate or warm climate?
1: Um, probably, probably warmer climate, mate. Yeah, uh, you know, you spend a couple of winters in Canberra, we're dealing with that frost and, um, yeah, I'd rather be wearing shorts for most of some, uh, most of winter, so. <laughs> Very good, mate. Very good
0: to hear. Now, favourite bunker style, St Andrews, Kingston Heath or Augusta National? What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, probably St Andrews, mate, yeah. Those deep ah. bunkers. They, yeah. they are very special, very unique. But strangely enough, I actually thought we'd get more people saying St. Andrews. So I'm I'm very uh very interested by your answer. That's great. Yeah. And the final one, if you could visit one golf course anywhere on the planet tomorrow, which one would it be?
1: Yeah, I have to Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't miss that opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I um I a hundred percent agree with you. There's there's there are a few. I gotta be honest, I don't even know which one I pick, but i uh lots of people do say augusta and i can totally understand why Mm. very yeah a very good choice mate so look thanks for doing those the seven questions and lots of comparisons that people will be thinking of in their heads through supers that we've interviewed and, and certainly ones that are soon to come as well but now let's get stuck into this story i know a little bit and i'm intrigued to learn a whole lot more talking to you right now and Let's start at the beginning for you, mate. Let's, let's talk about how you got into greenkeeping. You're obviously out at parks in the central western New South Wales, but there's, a, there's an interesting start to your story and there's a bit of family in your story as well and, and in greenkeeping. So, mate, let's kick it off. Tell us how you got into greenkeeping. Where did it begin for you, mate?
1: Yeah, so uh, basically um, I was at uni in Bathurst um, then during the summer holidays, a uh, summer casual job came up on the council. Um, so, you know, I started with that. I was just looking after the cemetery for a while, and I thought, I'll tell you what, this isn't too bad, you know, mowing, I was doing a lot of mowing, irrigation, all that. Um, and that when summer came to an end, uh, apprenticeship job came up on the councils, uh, looking after the sports fields, cricket wickets. So, um, yeah, I jumped straight in, So and I haven't looked back since.
0: So that's, so you're from, born and bred from Bathurst? Yep. Yep. So And to get that start, so just a little bit, I suppose, with councils because some people may or may not know that obviously out the Central West, a lot of councils look after nearly all of the sporting arenas yeah. out in the Central West. And we, we know of, uh, I think it's Glen Willow out at Mudgee and there's the Bathurst. State. And the, these are uh, football stadiums and uh, the like that have held NRL matches and, and, and the like. And there's cricket wickets you talk about, which yep. is very popular out in the Central West as well as uh, along the coast of the major cities. And council do invest a lot of money in their maintenance, don't they? they get some really good services happening out there.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. Like once, um, you know, during my apprenticeship, we had, uh, you know, the league started, the NRL started playing out of Carrington, a couple more games a year. So um, a lot more money got thrown into that.
0: And that's Carrington's the one at the the football yeah. field at Bathurst, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. That's the, the main uh, league ground
0: there. Yep. So there's a lot of investment there. And so what sort of – I'm a bit curious. I mean, how many sorts of people do they have running around looking after turf in a, in a council?
1: Uh, well, when I was there, that was uh, – started off with just a greenkeeper and an apprentice. And then yep. there's uh, there's labourers as well that do a lot of the tractor mowing and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, pretty much two greenkeepers do the wickets. Um, yep. And that's line marking um, – just little mowing around the area and then they hired another green keeper and now i think they have they have about oh, four or five down there now as it's growing bigger wow and yeah so it's uh yeah it's it's pretty you know you're looking after a lot of lot of hectares yeah so that's you know all the soccer fields league fields, touch fields yeah pretty much everything so
0: and there's a lot of those um, – I don't know if they play soccer at uh, Raglan. I think it is on the way into Bathurst as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Along the riverbanks there, there's a stack of sports fields. And, and you guys, obviously being at the council, look after all of that in some way, shape or form. There's a lot of – and it's, it's probably a little bit higher in terms of maintenance because you're always cutting every square inch more or less of – of all of those sporting fields are played on. It's not like a golf course where you have rough areas where there's less traffic and less you can, you can give areas a bit of a rest for maintenance from time to time. They're nearly all mown, aren't they? Yeah, there's a lot, yeah, of, a lot yeah. of cutting.
1: Yeah, a lot of red tape too. So, it's, um, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mate, uh, of- so tell us a bit about how long you were at Bathurst Council for. Did you finish your time as an apprentice greenkeeper there?
1: Yep. So um yeah, I finished my once I finished my trade there, then um I I moved down to Canberra. So um took a job there contracting for a company down there looking after uh, St Edmund uh, high school there, college. Um, okay. and also also part time at uh, Capital Golf Course down there. Um, oh, very good. Yeah, so I was down there for oh, I worked with them for a couple of months and then I uh, got a job at Monica Oval, so. Wow,
0: yeah. so, so you've, you've had a bit of a taste of golf in Capital, and I've played there. Actually, played there once many years ago. I, I do remember it. Um, yeah,
1: it's oh, not a bad, was... yeah, bad little public course. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Public access for all, and um, yeah, it's 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 not huge by mm. space or anything, and but that's good. So you got a bit of a touch there in golf, and then you got what was it a full time gig then at Monica?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, as the assistant uh, curator to. Brad Van Dam.
0: Yeah, right. And that's uh, – so we're talking Marnica Oval, which is the main stadium for uh, AFL and – is it cricket as well in Canberra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cricket and AFL at Marnica, so. So what sort of things are involved in – I mean, I watch a bit of AFL, the wife's an AFL nut. I'm starting to learn it. I'm a big NRL person myself. But what sort of things do you – have to maintain sort of differently as the seasons change over because you've got the square for cricket in the middle of a field and then in in um, in wintertime you're playing AFL. Like, is it is it that different an area in that square? Is it quite firm for cricket and then, you know, for AFL? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so uh, the majority of your winter is just trying to save as much of the cricket wicket as you can. You know, like, you still, uh, you still got to cover the wicket during winter. You got to control the moisture because you obviously can't have it rock hard for AFL players. Um, yeah, there serious then, injuries, I imagine, yeah, if you yeah, get numb, that. Yeah, there's a lot of guidelines to that with, um, like, the density of the soil and also the slipperiness of it. So that's always something that you have to have in the back of your mind. And then, yeah, pretty much then all spring is just trying to get that, or early spring is trying to get that wicket to full cover pretty much as soon as you can. If you, you know, makes it a lot easier having drop-ins where you can just <laughs> Pop them in and out, but um, yeah, Monica wasn't, wasn't drop-ins. There was drop ins, there's a lot of talk about it for a while, but um, but no, it's, it's yeah, good. I really enjoyed my time there, so I and mean, I got to see a, a full reconstruction of the oval. Um, wow, yeah, what year is that like uh, 2013? I think it was maybe,
0: yeah, right,
1: yeah, so that was pretty interesting to see. So they got a whole new wicket, yeah, they dug down, you know, uh, what was it, half a meter, I think they took out. Over the over two two hectares. So
0: Wow, that's a yeah, lot. Of,
1: yeah, that's quite that, a big job. So and and of course, like I say, we,
0: we know that they hold that the odd AFL game there, the, the odd cricket match, the big bash or whatever it might be. So it's a it's a highly regarded stadium in Canberra, that's for sure. And so you, what was it, a couple of years there, um in Canberra? And then where did you sort of where did your career take you after that?
1: Uh yeah, so I think it was about five years at Marnica. Yep. And then um, a job at the SCG came up. Now that's a and, step. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, uh, Brad was very. He was. Uh, he was actually the first one to let me know about it because he knew how much I wanted to to end up there. And yeah, I applied for the job under Tom Parker, and yeah, I got it. So.
0: So you're working and operating under the legendary Tom Parker, who we know is a curator at at the SCG for many years yep and uh in greenkeeping circles very highly regarded even they used to talk about I remember the tony greggs of the world um the late tony gregg would often talk about you know tom parker and um and talk about the pitch and you know did you learn a lot working at a place like the scg more so than what you'd you'd learned sort of in the early stages of your greenkeeping career and under people like tom
1: uh definitely yeah like the just the you know the to step up from uh, attention to detail, you know, like just little things that generally, you know, especially at Bathurst, you know, I wouldn't even, you know, think of it as an issue or worry about. And, you know, you're out there with a little brush sweeping off, like any bits of sand that get on the clay wicket. And, you know, you're you're sprigging bits of cooch all through the the middle of the wicket. And, you know, just little things like that, that, you know, you're in the public eye in everything you do is scrutinized especially when it has to do with the performance of wickets themselves absolutely uh, but yeah no, it was, it was great like brad brad van dam was under tommy uh for years as well so a lot of lucky that was lucky in that aspect where the method of how how i was making wickets um didn't change much moving to the scg from monica very similar techniques um obviously there's a little bit Just like a recipe, you know, and everyone has their own little recipe of how to make a wicket, and it just, you know, little changes and different things. But yeah, the basis was there, similar, very similar soil. I know the, oh, what's it called now? The very famous clay soil. Now I slipped my mind at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help you because I don't know it, mate. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah, that very dark soil. So. But yeah, no, it was,
0: it was great. They're unique characteristics, and we talk a lot about those site characteristics in, in golf and golf courses, and we'll, we'll get to and we'll come to parks um, soon. But cricket really does have, a, is it the bull eye? I can't remember. The, it was, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there you go. So I, I can help, as it turns out. <laughs> the, the bull eye soils that the SCG is known for. Uh, it's unique to the SCG. And as as cricketers, and we watch it on television, I'm I'm a huge cricket fan as we watch them travel around through the uh, different stadiums in different states around the country, that they have different characteristics for where they source their wicket mm-hmm. soil from in that local area. And golf courses are no different. So you take, I suppose you're in the background, you haven't done a lot into golf yet, but you're you're taking these characteristics of what makes a turf surface and in time you'll no doubt you'll we'll, we'll talk about those things as well but you're learning that in the background and it's pretty we we scrutinize as viewers as spectators and supporters of the Australian team certainly and all the other forms of cricket now we scrutinize the surfaces like you talked about but we can't see you we don't get to go out there it's not like a golf course where we're playing during the week and we see you out there doing the maintenance or whatever it might be you guys are being scrutinized without anyone knowing that you're doing anything and you there's lots of really weird hours of operation too, isn't there, for maintenance in a cricket wicket as well?
1: Yeah, there, yeah. There's not uh, many weekends. It's very, it's uh, because you you know you obviously got all the uh, main game, especially when the football with the football stadium as well. You know you'd alternate, you'd do shifts up there and that, and you know, so you'd rarely get weekends off. But very strange shift hours and that too. You know, you're working till two in the morning kind of thing, and then you know next morning you'll be in at 10 10 o'clock you know and it's just uh,
0: very very unusual indeed but but certainly that that level of detail i'm sure would have set you up well as we come to furthering your career so how long were you at i'm curious how long were you at the scg performing your magic under the direction of tom as well and part of the team how long were you there
1: for uh it was about two two and a bit years so i once i um did the two thousand eighteen Ashes wicket, and after that summer, yeah, I, I decided I'd um, make the push into golf courses. So um, we we take the big leap across out of officially out of cricket. Yep, yeah,
0: yep. And how it. how did that come about? mate? where did you go, and how did that come about?
1: In all honesty, I'm you know I'm I'm a country boy, um, and living in the city, I yeah just got to me a bit. So when I, I can thought,
0: appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Mate. I can <laughs> tell you now. I, I come from the mountains and I'm living in the city. And as much as I love a lot of things, it's yeah. I know exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah, and I just thought you know, it's that time. You know, I was at that age where I was like, well, if I'm going to make uh, make anything in the golf golfing side of greenkeeping, then you know, now's the time to do it. While I, you know, I haven't don't have a family or anything, so I can jump around a bit. And that's when I decided to move out to Mudgee because I've always liked Mudgee. You know, I've always played rugby there. Uh, I enjoy wine, so that's
0: that's, <laughs> a <bonus. laughs> that's always a prerequisite if you're going to end up in a wine region. <laughs> that's
1: it. Um, so yeah, that was good. I got a yeah two IC job under uh, Jason Sires there, um, and that was pretty much my introduction. Well, my fully introduction into uh, looking after golf courses.
0: So you've stepped right out back to kind of your homeland, if you like, being back at the Central West. You know, an environment. you I think you probably know a little bit more about. Yeah. And uh, look, Mudgee. I know Jason Size personally. I've known him for nearly my whole greenkeeping career. From when I was an apprentice, he was the assistant super at, at my golf course at Wentworth Falls when yes. I was an apprentice. Yeah, and right. so you and I know each other for have known each other for a long time. And and uh, and I think through you working at Mudgee as well, I got to know you with the the um, annual Greenkeepers Golf Day from the Central West of New South Wales that I help organise too. You've, you've been yeah. to that, yep. so we sort of got to know each other a little bit through there. And and yeah, like Mudgee is it, it's a great course. It's very it's a it's a great it's a it's almost the epitome of a course in the Central West. Nice and long gum tree sort of lined fairways as well, and, and really enjoyable course to play with great surfaces. So you've you've gone out as, as assistant stepping into golf what sort of a, a full-time change was that and were there things that you had to really learn that were quite different because i don't know some people might think that there's not much of a difference you know you're dealing with grass in a, on an oval you're dealing grass on a golf course what sort of things did you find that were quite different
1: definitely uh you know taking that broad acre john you know like uh, at a sports field you're dealing you know, like at at AFL field you're dealing with two hectares, you know, of grass. And then you're going from that to, you know, like forty hectares. You know, yeah. fence to fence. And um it was yeah, no, it was very it and it's a lot to do, um, you know, I noticed that the attention you have to pay every time you have to mow the greens you know, you're looking for any little sign, whereas with, you know, longer grass stuff, you know, you can nearly predict when the when you're going to get disease coming, whereas um, you know something little will come up on the green, and all next you know next couple of days it's again. So it's probably one of the the bigger bigger issues or things I had to get used to.
0: And and what was it like? You know, I, I suppose as well thinking about the the landscape and the local environment because there's um, you know I think you've got is there a, a creek line that runs through yeah, much yeah. as well and you've got trees you've got gardens you've got clubhouse you've got you know the amenity areas around a lot of the the um, regional golf courses that they use usually have because they've got so much space you yeah. yep. these are very different things you've got to kind of consider as well during the year
1: yeah that's it you know and and you, you're probably dealing dealing more uh with people interaction you know on golf courses like uh, on a sports well in closed sports field you, you know you barely see anyone and then you know you're dealing with golfers day in day out you know it's it's uh it makes things very interesting dealing with some of the golfers sometimes <laughs> but yeah.
0: Every, everyone's got an opinion and i won't finish the rest of that saying <laughs> that's it so how long were you there as part of the team like what sort of team size did do you have Did jason have at Mudgy? how does it how does they, they function at, of what you were learning on golf uh
1: yeah so w- when i was there they had uh so it was four staff uh jason uh, myself uh we had a laborer and, and an apprentice and for a little um but now now i think they've the labor retired um so i think they're down to three staff again now But yeah, that was, you know, that was, it was an interesting, like always had, it was a good team, always a good team. Everyone had their specific jobs, you know, like when you have small, small teams like that, you know, you you generally work out what people are best at and, and um, what they enjoy doing so you can work that in. Very much so.
0: Mate, I'm curious, well, how long, how long were you at, at as assistant at Mudgee before we, I suppose now the timelines getting shorter. We're learning you're probably getting closer to a parks. How how did things pan out for that?
1: Um, yeah, so I was, I was there for yeah about two and a half years. There was a few jobs that came up. Jason was um, he was very he was very positive with me trying to find a super job. Um, you know he he was quite happy when I told him that I was going to go for the parks job. You know there's a few jobs that came up that he said maybe you should go for. Um, but, you know, I kind of held off. But, yeah, and then, um, yeah, I saw the job come up and, yeah, I went for it, told Sizey about it and uh, he was all for it, so. And and I know, Jason, like I said, I know him well and he would have supported
0: you to no end to be able to look after a golf course yourself under the role of superintendent and, um, you know, having having someone like that at your back, no different to having someone like Tom Parker be, behind you as well. Um, that sort of level of support really gives you the confidence to go out and apply for those jobs as well.
1: Yeah, that's it. You know, it, it's it makes it a lot easier if you if you're not doing things behind, you know, people's backs. You know, it's you can be out open and they, you know, it's good just to have that support. Hundred percent. And so,
0: what year did did you kick off as superintendent
1: at Parks Golf Club? So that was this year in uh, June. Well, hang July, on.
0: Sorry, June. hang on. We're we're in twenty twenty two. Come on, we've cr- we've crossed we've <laughs> crossed the line here. We- <laughs> Is
1: that
0: where we are? Oh, the calendar. <laughs> we've already we've already taken the next step. So in twenty twenty two, we're talking what about seven, six, seven months ago? Yep, yep. I I love asking this question, and we're going to now launch into a lot of detail about parks and your 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 position and your role there. What what did it feel like when? couple of questions what did it feel like when you were told that you were successful at being and they were going to offer you the role as superintendent and then what did it feel like day one walking in to the to the golf club and working for, for your first day uh
1: yeah so look obviously i was i was pretty excited when they told me that i'd got the job um and then it probably probably kicked in straight away that i had started planning my next movements you know like I, um, I came down for, to go over a few of the, to check out the shared um, machinery and all that when I came down, had a good look at the greens for the, when I came down for the interview that is and um, you know, I, I had already started making a list in my head, um, they hadn't had a green keeper here for a few years, um, so a couple of the greens, there was just little things that you know, were kind of neglected for a while.
0: So they were, um, when they didn't have a greenkeeper for a few years, so what, the, the club had yeah. using volunteers, their, their committee members, the like? Is that sort of what we're, we're assuming?
1: Yeah, so, well, there was a transition period where they had a greenkeeper and a mechanic and then the greenkeeper left and the mechanic uh, and volunteers kind of kept the course going for a couple of years. Right, okay. And then my first day here, yeah, all I wanted to do was just to get hooked in pretty much, you know. Had already planned all these things I wanted to do. Trying to get my first goal, you know, was trying to get the greens to a good state. They were kind of a little bit neglected. So um, that was pretty much my first goal. Still is kind of my goal, you know. They're still like I'm still trying to work on them at the moment. Um, now we're getting a good growing period this year. So, we, yeah. you know, it, when everything seemed to dry out, we seemed to be getting a little bit of rain just to top it up. So.
0: Well, mate, and there's a few things here that I want to dive into with you. And first of all, I'm going to start at the top of one of my most important questions is, and for everyone listening, this is the part that I think you'll probably struggle to get your head around. So, Logan, you've just mentioned you come from Mudgee um, with Jason Sizes, as superintendent, team of four or thereabouts. Now you've taken on the role as superintendent at Parks Golf Club where the previous greenkeeper had had. had had left the club, and they were looking after volunteers. You're the superintendent. You are the only greenkeeper working and looking after the golf course, aren't you?
1: Yep, that's it. And we have uh, we have one casual pay, paid employee. So it's me so, another bloke.
0: So it's an 18 hole golf. I'm just trying to get my head around the amount of work that, <laughs> <Flat out>. that <laughs> I'm trying to get my head around. So people can also put into perspective. Uh, A a lot of the the work that's involved, it's a a full size, as we would normally know, an 18-hole golf course. So it's a large space. Uh It's got a club attached. You have competitions on weekends, no doubt, and maybe the odd one or so during the week. And you've got 18 green. This is not a nine-hole course with two sets of tees. You've got 18 greens. You've got 18 surrounds. You've got fairways to suit. What's the par there?
1: Uh, So at the moment, it's par 71. I say at the moment (laughs) because the bringing it to par seventy two, so we can get more comps.
0: So okay, so like I said, this isn't a small golf course. This is par seventy one, so it's reasonably long. That means you've got you've got a bit of length about you because the standards that we all know are usually around seventy for a lot of region, a lot of sort of regional semi suburban golf courses. So this is a large track with. You and a little bit of help, and no doubt there's some volunteer help as well. I'm, I'm not discounting or discrediting that in the slightest. But in terms of professional, mate, do you go? Do you go home at all? Do you sleep? Have you got a bed
1: in the shed? Is there a shower and
0: a bathroom? I'm not sure. if you got a big screen TV? It, it, do you have time for rest?
1: Well, I'm, I've managed to convince my missus that if we go for a walk in the afternoon, I can. I'm allowed to check the green, so
0: <laughs> hopefully I get her on
1: board. Uh. that is
0: that is an astonishing workload and you obviously knew that that was the case when you applied for the job that the buck kind of stopped with you more or less you had a little bit of help but it was literally all on you because i'm you've come from Mudgy, and i know what i'm thinking of when when i was had my team at katoomba and i know a lot of the courses that are fortunate to go and see we see teams of six, you see teams of 10, you see the bigger courses, you get teams of 16, 18, you know, that might be looking after one course. Sometimes they've got more than that looking after two plus. You're one person, one and a bit, with some yep. volunteer help, yep. looking after 18 holes in the central west of New South Wales where you don't get a metre of rain every year. So there's no doubt plenty of, I, I assume there's, there's lots of hand-watering on top of your mowing. yeah have you managed to reprint yourself in a 3D printing world? Is there more? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm struggling to know how much work you've got to do because that seems like an enormous, I won't say burden, that's not the right word. Challenge is probably the word I'm looking for. And how do you revel in that? Like that's kind of seems, John, this is your first appointment of super, welcome to first grade.
1: <laughs> it's um, it, Look, it's definitely a challenge. I've worked out roughly that, um even with so i have someone to mow all the rough um so that's fine i have someone someone to mow the tees okay fine someone to change holes oh that's good yeah and then i have people to do bins and sand okay So, so you your
0: volunteer help really is and i assume this is a volunteer help yep the club that they're the club's really supportive and they're quite active in how they assist you as a superintendent to maintain the course and and again when i talk about courses in the central west having a or or regional in general having that that active uh membership and that active volunteer base to look after a course is crucial when it comes to a full-size golf course like parks isn't it
1: well that's it and you know like um just over the holidays as well, you know, a few people travel away, so it was a bit hard then to get people in. But um, it's, yeah, without them, like, they're, without them, I wouldn't be able to run it. There's no way. Like, you know, I, at the moment, there's probably about 10 hours a week that I'm spent not on the mower.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's, you know,
1: I, that's mechanical work, irrigation work, all that, that I have to cram in, um, you know, any little top dressing and in that 10 hours. So, um, that's otherwise, no. Yeah, just trying to find that balance too. You know, you still got to go home at the end of the day. So, and and you have to keep your
0: sanity and and because the, the relentless pressure, it's um it as a superintendent, it's there. I I, I had it. I know I struggled in my early days at, at consumer because it you kind of just throw yourself headlong in, and you do forget. Like you just mentioned, you got to remember that you got to kind of look after yourself outside work because mm. you can really overburden yourself. With it, and it can come and be, be too much. Yeah, that's um, it. more often than not, if you if you're not if you're not thinking about that and looking after yourself as well, so it's good to hear that you've got that active support. And I say active because it's it's not the easiest thing to get from some clubs, and and no doubt, but um, good to see. And, and it, I find it more more common, certainly in, in regional courses where, where they do have less money and and less resources to to pay and look after staff to maintain the course so mate that's a it's a critical thing but still just you and uh, and a little bit of other paid work with your your volunteer work so you've kind of got a, a pretty good team and and they work you you've got the groove now you've been there for seven months you've got a bit of a groove with everyone
1: yeah well that yeah yeah so in teams kind of thing so and they've been doing it for years so uh when i came in i was like well look you don't need to change what you're doing because obviously you're doing doing the job so you know, they just the boys just do what they know what to do, and um, yeah, it saves me a lot of time. So,
0: absolutely, that's awesome. And, and I'm going to touch on a little bit of uh family support because your brother is a green keeper as well. Yep. Do you have much? I suppose, yeah, you, you probably get on very well with your brother, he's at Tallwoods, upper central or the mid north coast of New South Wales. Um, and you're both green keepers. Do you guys bounce a few ideas off? Is it mentally supportive to have someone else in the industry that that you're that close to
1: uh yeah definitely like the the um you know Christmas conversation is usually you know it's usually about fishing and that, but now a lot of it has to do with greenkeeping keeping and you know trying different things and that but um uh no it's it's definitely good to have someone bounce ideas off and you know like I've helped him come up and he helps me and yeah no it's 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 great it's great. Always good to have that sort of level of
0: support as well in your corner um, for, yeah. the, for the time when you are away from the course. That so you got to sort of have that. Uh, it, it's I find it most important. Did you Did you guys ever actually work
1: together? I'm curious. Uh, uh, no, uh, it would probably it would be havoc if we did. Um, <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> like when we were young fellas, we worked together just with dad. But yeah, it's it ended pretty badly. We usually, <laughs> unkind or something, but. No, no.
0: nothing quite like sibling rivalry That's
1: it. You know, maybe in the future something might work out where we'd be working together so
0: well you never say never mate that's, that's the one it. thing i've learned
1: that's it
0: now let's talk a little bit about your course in a little bit more specific terms tell us a bit about your your turf surfaces there what if if we come to my and i'm really disappointed i gotta be honest i haven't played parks Of all the courses at the Central West, it's kind of this one in the middle Mm. that I haven't really... I've played everywhere around parks, but I've never played at parks. So I'm a little bit disappointed. I can't speak from experience. But what services, if we come to visit, and I hope that more people will on the back of this, uh, put it down to go and play, what do you have on your greens, for example? What are your fairways? What turf services and experience are we going to find when we come to play at parks?
1: Yeah, so uh, we have uh, Pencroft Bent on the greens, um with minimal power, uh, it's usually pretty dry for power here out here. And then pretty much Kaiku, your fence to the fence. It's yeah, it's pretty much what grows out here. So And that's and,
0: uh, look, you know, the Pancross is it's a variety of bent grass for, for for golfers listening that aren't certain what that is. It's just a different variety as such. And because you do get pretty hot. In summertime mm. don't you i mean yeah. you know you the winter grass isn't and you don't have as high a rainfall even though we'll talk about your irrigation in a minute but it, it kind of that that local environment for that region is enough to keep the winter grass levels down because it just gets too hot too often isn't it
1: yeah that's it like it's yeah like to, like um we had a little bit of came in from another golf course that we had for a, a chipping green and yeah the, trying to keep that because it's uh you know it's probably a, more of a Polar mix um yeah trying to keep that alive has been a bit of a bit of a struggle but a bit of a challenge yeah yeah so
0: and kikuyu
1: grows very well
0: because it is so warm for such a long period of the year mm. tell us a little bit about um your irrigation system because i'm sure that's a bit supportive to the Kaikuyu rage that you talk about fence to fence mm. is that um you i didn't realize but you've got a, a full golf course irrigate you've got fairways irrigated there as well and what what does that entail? How much of the course is covered of the playing surfaces or the short grass by irrigation? You got a centre run of fairway watering, or uh, how does it work?
1: No, we have uh, up up the wings, so we've got two rows. Uh, they're just uh, so they're just station blocks, um, and then valving head sprinklers around the greens and approaches, and uh, you're just box for the tees. So, and we get uh, we have a we have a nearly unlimited supply of uh, effluent water. You know, it's it's not ideal. It's 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 fairly high in salt, but you know, you can't. Yeah, you know, beggars can't be choosy. So,
0: mate, I I, <laughs> I wish I had. Uh, I say that often because I've never tried to maintain a course with effluent water. But like you said, it's yeah, the fact that you have it more or less readily available um, to an area. What, what do you know? What the average rainfall is for parks? Are we talking like around six hundred mil? Yeah. I know Cowra's probably around that mark.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know off the top of my head. Um, but you, I
0: mean, the mountains has the Blue Mountains where I used to work. We're talking one point two meters on average of rainfall a yeah. year. And once you get out to the Central West Plains, it it drops significantly. And Parks is kind of on the edge of where things sort of are really uh, are still okay for farming and agriculture and uh, of crops more so than than um, than stock. And you you kind of still get like recently you've had rain it's been a great year for rainfall at the central west tell us what's going on there with your rainfall totals
1: yeah well um so well since i've been here we've had about 416 mil so there you go yeah and it seems to times at the moment so uh, (laughs)
0: working perfectly and Um, knowing that you've got that that water at your disposal through the irrigation system you've got your greens covered so you can water when you need to you've got your fairways covered which means you can you can keep things alive when it's extremely difficult that's pretty good for a course in the central west because quite often we see the opposite when things get really
1: really tough with mother nature don't we i think um you know we've we have nowadays courses you know little small town courses are getting better quality and better quality you know so Especially with COVID, a lot of people have come out here to play golf on weekends um, and, you know, numbers are through the roof. So it's good. It, it makes
0: for a good environment to show off the golf course and people to experience it and go, hey, I didn't know Parks had a course. And I know Parks has, is, is in years gone by, and I'm talking 50 years ago, I've heard from some old professionals that I've got to know um, over the years that they talked about playing at Parks and um, it's always been a pretty good track to, to play regional events and the odd pro am and things and i'm talking back in the 70s so i know it's been around for a little while and it's it it has been well established and long for a long time been thought of very well um it's good that it's becoming i suppose revisited like a lot of golf courses are people are searching for a new experience and i think one of the things that i probably wasn't sure about was was water for me that's obviously a critical thing it doesn't mean it needs to be overused all the time but you've got Forbes about half an hour south of you, which is on the Lachlan River in the Lachlan Valley. And the golf course at Forbes, have they pump from the river. Yep. They have a supply of sorts. Parks is up in the sort of the higher ground. There's no major river system that runs through town. So when you told me that you had access to water, I wasn't sure what it would be. And I think effluent is a great secondary use of water that would otherwise just be you know discarded and people think that it's no good and i I think golf courses can we find that they're doing a lot more with this secondary water i think it's a great thing and certainly for you guys having that available is awesome
1: yeah well that's it apparently i've heard heard a couple of the old fellas say that um irrigation they used to get all the excess water from the tomato sauce factory and apparently (laughs) apparently they used to when they used to irrigate there'd be this film of rotten tomatoes on the course everywhere so (laughs) i'm glad i don't have to deal with that but
0: now, now, those are some of the old stories that I'm glad we don't have to talk about anymore. But, again, secondary use of water. This is a good, regardless of, okay, sure, we don't want to have the stuff, the residue of tomatoes around the, around the golf course, and it is moderately funny to laugh at now. But, uh, again, secondary use, thinking outside the box, where can we get water from that someone is discarding of so we can use it again? I think these recycled definitions and the way that golf courses are finding ways, no matter which way they are in the future as we move forward, they're all positive things and a great use of those sort of resources. I think it's brilliant. Because you're not in the Lachlan Valley, like I just mentioned, you're up a little bit higher, what characteristics, and I'm going to talk about soils a little bit here. You've talked about your grass surfaces, and we know Kyku, you can soften and deaden the ball a little bit and reduce and restrict its run. Um, how does the course play through sort of summer and, and through winter? Is it is it different because of the soil characteristics? Does it firm up in summer more so than winter? What it, what are we going to experience when we come out and play parks in those different times of the year?
1: Yeah, parks is, parks is very interesting soil. Um, the golf course is on uh, – so the golf club itself on a hill, um, like the, the clubhouse, sorry uh, – and it's very it's it drains like apparently there's old mine shafts on here and that. Um so like like um I was saying to you earlier, like we had forty five mil last night and not a puddle in the fairways. You know? Wow, that's that, awesome. Yeah, so it's it, it's awesome and then uh it also has the bad side of they do dry out very quickly if if um left unattended for a little while. Um
0: so you can't go home, is what
1: you mean when it's yeah, hot. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> Yeah. So when it rains I'm very happy and uh yeah, I can sleep finally. And, uh, but,
0: that, but look, that, that's a good thing that, you know, uh, often courses that are in the heavier soils, and we'll use Forbes for a bit of an example, that, um, you know, it, it will probably retain a little bit more water being in those alluvial soils along the riverbanks and the like, and is no different and, and those sorts of places a little bit. But it's it can be uh, an effort to install drainage in places there's a lot of money and expense in in those sorts of things so if you've got a site that's naturally draining well and you've got a site where you've got a, a water supply like you do again I, I'm sort of my eyebrows are raised sure. thinking this is a great recipe for parks moving forward and and let's um, probably talk a little bit about that moving forward you mentioned that there's a bit of work happening at Forbes and I know that there's a bypass going around town and there's some changes happening at, uh, sorry, did I say Forbes? I meant Parks. Um, there's there's some changes happening to the course or that are earmarked for the course at Parks. Tell us what's happening in the future potentially.
1: Yeah, so the new bypass will be about 50 metres uh, from the fence of the golf course. Um, so we've had uh, Golf by Design come in. Uh, they've designed the course to hit to be hidden away from the, from the highway. Um, so that entails, yeah, that's, uh, 10 new greens. Uh, well, two of them are going uh, to be resurfaced, uh, and it's going to be, uh, yeah, like 13 men's and women's teas that they're going to be putting in as well. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a big job. Uh, it was meant to go ahead this year, but uh, things were just a bit slow in the legal department. So looking at uh, next spring now, so hopefully everything goes ahead.
0: So you've got a really... Impressive challenge ahead of you, and, and potentially a a new lease on life for Parks Golf Course.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, you know. Like uh, they they bought me in, um, you know, they bought a new golf pro in, so the club's definitely looking uh, to take that next step forward, um, the new reconstruction. So yeah, it's it's going to be exciting times. So
0: that's that's super exciting, mate. I know as a superintendent, that's sort of similar to what I walked into a rough timing. Uh, with Katoomba development coming, I was, at the hel- I was at the helm, lots of new work. It was so good to rub your hands together and go, this is going to be a challenge and a half. And, and then at the back end, you get to sort of really present all the new stuff and a lot of your handy work is on the golf course. It's out there in front of the golfers and it's a really good feeling, mate. So, look, I, I'm really excited to, to um, touch base with you and, and keep up to date with these new works once they begin um uh, like i said a new lease on life for parks and i think it's going to be a great rejuvenation for the golf course as well so new surfaces new bits and pieces mate it should it bodes well for being
1: exciting Yeah, that's it you know just having a it'd be good to have a fresh start on some of those greens you know so i'm looking forward to it
0: unreal mate i'm I'm curious i want you to tell me um a little bit of why it's what's so different about the climate at parks And, and you and i chatted privately off off the podcast about um you've come from the east coast and you've obviously done some time in canberra what is different it's quite hot we know it gets quite hot in summer i know that there's low humidity what have you found were you were you surprised by those differences hot's hot right or is it is it even hotter in a different sort of slightly different varied way
1: well um yeah that was the thing when uh, the first few months it was pretty well raining every day so that was uh it it took a while for me to even turn on the irrigation here but yeah as soon as you get those few um you know 38 degree days um it's just a different heat you know that dry heat it doesn't take long for the bent to turn um and you know we've limited staff that's probably my biggest challenge at the moment this summer is just trying to get around to all the greens you know and there's a few spots that you know that slip through the keeper's keeper's gloves but um yeah that seems to be the biggest issue at the moment it's just how how and the wind here too like the wind is crazy um for being so far west you know like it's just things yeah just things how quick dry they dry out
0: you you mentioned the wind briefly and we know i i'd like to hope that most people listening to this know of the dish the movie (laughs) uh which parks is well known for with a giant satellite dish that um peers that, that that peers off into into the space of the night sky it's um I remember in the movie that they struggled on one of the nights um, because of the wind. That was one of the things in the movie, and and you're right, it is a funny sort of little space out there, just in that gentle raised region where wind really does whip across, doesn't it, when it picks up?
1: Well, that's the thing, and like on either side of us is just pretty much just wheat fields. So, you no, know, there's not much stopping it besides our our couple of little pines that we have up up the sides and that. But um, it's amazing, like um how windy it gets here.
0: yeah interesting stuff and uh, they're all they're all challenges for golf i I'm, i i'm really intrigued to get out to parks and have a game because I, i'm i'm curious to experience all these like you said earlier on the recipe that a green has for maintaining a course well this is a recipe for the experience of a golfer when they go and play a golf course so, and i uh, it's i'm curious i'm really curious more so than I ever was because i didn't know a lot of these details so man, I mean it's really interesting um I want you to tell us as golfers, again, we come to visit, is there a part of the golf course that you – and I, I love bringing this out from from a greenkeeper's perspective, from a super's perspective because you spend – well, in your case, you spend all of your time at the golf course, we know. Um, I'm curious, what's a really nice location on the golf course that you kind of get out there early in the morning when you wake up from bed in the shed and you, you go and have a look – yeah, you know, at the sunrise or is there a spot out there that you just go, this is so magic to look across the hills and is there a spot on the course
1: that's just really, really nice? I probably have two for different circumstances. The tee from the 7th fairway. If the 7th fairway is just a big, long, wide fairway, you know, I've got the stripes going pretty straight there and you look over to the left and you've got the wheat fields and you look over the right and you've just got the rest of the course. and You're right on top of a hill. That's probably one of my favourite places to... Be when I'm playing golf. Yeah, nice. Um, and then after that, you know, up at the clubhouse on top of the hill with a beer in my hand looking looking <laughs> down the night isn't too bad either. So
0: Well, that's always a good as long as at least we know that the clubhouse is in a good spot on top of the hill. So so has it got quite I don't know which direction the clubhouse faces. Is it it's got a nice view across the course?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So pretty much, yes, sits you can see uh, most of the course from up the clubhouse.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Very good to know mate, and one that um, I hope people are people are thinking of when they do a travel out to uh, to parks in the not too distant future that's what i'm I'm suggesting to everyone to do here because I think it sounds like a really interesting place to go and play golf and experience and we know obviously this is the good part about parks is you kind of sort of wedge even though it's you're about f- probably nearly five hours west of Sydney it's kind of in and around you've got dubbo to the north, you've got Forbes like I mentioned to the south, you've got orange to the east, there's two courses at orange all these all these towns have courses. Wellington's not too far away. is not too far away. There's a lot of regional golf within sort of a half an hour, hour drive around. If you plant yourself there, you can really have a, a good holiday golfing experience, can't you?
1: Yeah, well that's it. We get a we get a lot of visitors come through that have, you know, either the day before have played Mudgy or Dubbo or and then they go on to Forbes or vice versa, you know, and um, we get We get a lot of we get a lot of good comments about the course, um, especially a lot to do with value for money kind of thing. Obviously, we're running it pretty cheaply, um, and you know I think we got it to a really good standard. So um, yeah, definitely good for people to come out here.
0: Well, there's no harsher critic than um, than yourself in terms of greenkeeping. That I do know because you'll you'll pick the faults forever in a day, even when it's fantastic. You'll still sit there and be saying you know. And I know that you'll probably be you've got a plan and, and you've got plenty of work. To, um, to improve on, but at least you, you know that it's improving and heading in the right direction still. And that leads me to, mate, I'm curious, what sort of things are you looking f- forward to? What have you got planned in your program of works over the next 12 months? What's key for you to improve next at parks?
1: Um, well, with the, with the greens um, at a level where I want them now, I'm turning my attention to getting the T's the a lot of patchy tees, um, you know, a lot of issues with uh, gum roots and stuff like that that we'll have to look at. Um, and also i am been working on uh, the 11th eleventh hole. Um, it's a par three. Uh, it's the only one with – it's got our two bunkers on it. Um, oh,
0: you've only got two on the course and they're on the 11th?
1: Thank God. Yep, only two. Uh,
0: <laughs> See, now that's going to save you a lot of work though, isn't it? We oh, talk yeah. about – A lot of people talk about bunkers and and I don't shy away. I'm a very big bunker fan because I love the challenge, the aesthetic and what it does to your eye when you, when you walk around a golf course, but there is that flip side and, and that sort of challenge and argumentative challenge in golf clubs. Have we got the balance right of, of having the right amount of bunkers slash the amount of, of staff and resources to maintain those bunkers? And, and it's, Everyone thinks differently about them in every golf course. So, but for you guys, you've got two and they're on that par three. So, that's obviously a, a
1: cool little hole for me. Yep. Um It's, uh, yeah, it's my favorite hole. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's got the pine trees on either side of it too, which kind of, well, it soaks up a lot of water. So, and what are you looking to improve on 11? Just trying to get the uh, coverage in the fairway pretty much um, to 100%. Um, you know we're going to be working on the bunkers. The bunkers drain really well, um, but we just got to get more sand in there and kind of keep up a regular program to keep them maintained well. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Just getting that full coverage and you know and getting it popping because it was pretty barren when I got here. So,
0: is there? Do you have a favorite hole? Is there a hole that on a lot of golf courses have a a, um, a signature hole? Yeah. Does Parks have a signature hole that the visitors or that members go? That's that's our hole. That's what Parks is known for. I don't know. Does it?
1: Um, no, that's, that's the thing, you know, that's, you know, obviously there'd be golfers that would say what's their favourite hole, but there's not really a signature hole like, you know, like Maji has the Donga, which is their 17th, which is... That uh, is like, a ripper. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> hole. And, you know, that's, you know, that's where I'm trying to turn the 11th into at least we have something, you know, a bit different to the rest of the course. Um, but look, there's In- a lot of nice dog legs, um... The tenth, oh, tenth needs a bit of work on the, the fairway but because um, it's got a lot of big gums there, but that's a nice hole up the top. The first is an interesting hole. It's a par three, a long par three. Um, you'd be hitting hitting in between two gum trees um, on their approach, so that's a pretty interesting hole. And it's interesting that the
0: first is a par three. A lot of people <laughs> don't like that. I hear that from a lot of golfers. who go, ah, par three to start off with. I had it at Katumba. We had a par three to start. It. I think Oberon's got a par three to start. You've got a par three to start. Uh, an interesting way, and you've got goalposts obviously to go between.
1: <laughs> mm. yeah, it's it's um, always fun when you tee off on the first and you shank one over to the <laughs> behind the pine. <laughs> Good start to the day, but. <laughs> mate. It's uh, it's been it's really
0: interesting to hear about parks. It's been really interesting, mate. As we as as a, as we finish up the conversation that you know, I've learned so much about parks in chatting to you, which is great. And Like I said, I, I really want to take the opportunity to get out there to experience it. I hope a lot of people do because it is something that's a little bit different in that you don't have a lot of professional paid greenkeepers looking after the course, but you're delivering something. And this is what I wanted to tell people is that some regional towns like you guys are delivering the same product but just in a different way. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean for a second that it's not as good. You know, some some places are able to pay their staff and, and employ staff to do it and others have to, you know, the members like you have, like at your course, have to chip in and spend time out there on the ground and help to deliver it. And I think knowing that there's so many different versions of how golf is, is delivered for players to experience in Australia, certainly in regional golf areas, um, I think it's really interesting and you probably have a different feeling about it when you go out there experiencing it to say, you know, there's not an army of six to eight guys here or even four guys, you know, greenkeepers that are paid to be here every day. You know, the members are looking after. Look how good this course looks because the members are helping out here. There's a small team of, or an army of, of members who are just taking guidance and advice and they've been doing it for a long time and they're delivering this. Together with the person they're paying. And I think
1: that's great. Yeah, I think it's t- and you build up you get to build up a lot of good relationships with the members too, you know, which um which is always makes your life a lot easier when you're doing work on the golf club. Absolutely, mate. Look, Logan, it's been fantastic
0: chatting to you on the Keeper of the Green segment. Really enjoyed having you on and great to hear your story coming from cricket, coming from sports fields. And I wasn't expecting to hear that. Um, A a different transition, and this is... The other thing, to show people where greenkeeping can take you, what you can experience, and, you know, like you said, preparing the the wicket for the ashes, I mean, that's that's something you'll never forget, and you've been around to a lot of places, and now you're at parks in, in another different part of the country. So, mate, it's been great to hear your story. I really appreciate your time coming on board, and I hope people take this as a chance to go out there and and experience some more golf in areas that they probably didn't realise that they had courses to enjoy And uh, certainly, I hope they do. So, uh, mate, great to chat. Love the conversation. Really appreciate your time. And uh, for everyone listening, get out there and and go and play parks and say good day to Logan when you get out there. Thanks, Logan.
1: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on, mate.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, I really hope you enjoyed that one. I got a kick out of having a good yarn with Logan, and I think you could uh, certainly hear that in the conversation. Logan's a great young bloke and I'm really excited for him to take his first post as superintendent at a place like Parks in the Central Western Regional New South Wales. Fantastic to see, great to see another new person, a new young person taking on the reins of their own golf course and I think it puts them in good stead at Parks Golf Club certainly to have someone as energetic as Logan to, uh, to take hold of the course there and, and drive it into a new era for the club and also with the pos- possible new works that are, are coming along with, uh, with that bypass around the town there um, with some changes coming to the golf course. So thanks again to Logan. It was really good to hear his story and really good to hear a lot about Parks Golf Club as well and what goes on out there. It's a wonderful part of the world. And, like I reiterated that many times during the conversation, I hope you get the chance and take the opportunity to get out to parks and visit. So many wonderful parts out in the Central West to visit and enjoy. And playing golf at parks is certainly one of them and one that I'm looking forward to doing very soon myself now that I've heard a lot about it. Really excited going to have some links in the show notes guys of parks golf club and the like so have a look down there there'll be other bits and pieces that always link into things that were mentioned Um, so have a look at the show notes and please like share subscribe as always i really do appreciate you getting on board as we continue with australian turf analysis keeper of the greens and you never know where we're going to turn up next or what state we'll be in or who we're going to talk to so stay tuned we'll come back in another fortnight with a new segment of keeper of the Greens. But I thank you for your time again listening. And like I say, I appreciate all the uh, the kind messages and comments about uh, the segment and, and all your support as well and, uh, and appreciate it and love having you guys on the podcast listening. And that's a wrap for the first episode of Australian Turf Analysis Keeper of the Greens for 2022. And please make sure you get out there and have a look at the website of australianturfanalysis.com to support the sponsor of this segment. You hit them clean, we'll keep them green. As I do always say, enjoy your golf and I'll catch up with you next week.